Welcome to Founders of Nations, Conversations with Belarusians. Hello, everybody. This is Matthew Grace from the Founders of Nations podcast, and today is one of our interviews in our series on conversations with the different nations. Today, I'm going to be talking from to the Admiral, who's from Belarus. Uh, so, hi, Admiral. How are you doing? Hi, Matt. Nice to be here. Great. So can you, we usually start off our interviews just talking about some things about you. So can you tell us a little about yourself, where you're from, what kind of job do you do, just whatever you like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm originally from Belarus. I was born in uh, the old Soviet Union at the time. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and I've been living in the Netherlands 18 years. Uh, I moved in the early 2000s to Netherlands and now I currently reside in the Netherlands. Where, um, where I often go back to Belarus. So uh, what I know about Belarus is from the history books and from what we uh, kind of pick up uh, also in the news now these days because Belarus is a hot topic. Uh, so I don't, I, it's also nice because I don't have to explain anymore where Belarus is because now a lot of people just know where it is. <laughs> and uh, also telling people it's a different country than Russia or U- Ukraine. Yeah, I live in The Hague uh, and I, uh, work in uh, in, uh, in the software world. Okay, nice, nice. So are you much of a history person or is history kind of a, you know, forgotten thing for you? That doesn't really matter too much. Uh, it's a bit of both. It's a forgotten thing, but it's also because um, you become more active with the topic then you just kind of look back into what does it mean. Uh, mm. I, you know, uh, you start questioning things and then you kind of go back into history. Uh, and you question more things and then you go back further in the history and then you like realize that's where it all came from. Mm, and then yeah. you just kind of read up about it. So I won't say I'm a historic fan, but I, I do respect history and I kind of like you just learn from there. Yeah, and that's what, I, that's what I find useful about history is you can really understand things better whenever you know where, the, you know, you just think, well, why is this like this? And then you look it up and you're like, oh, wow, there yeah. is a weird yeah. story behind that. Exactly. You have some perspective and you're like, uh, okay, why do we uh, bid for dragons? Oh, that, that comes from there. And then you just kind of start talking about it. That's it. That's it. All right. Great. When you hear the word founders of Belarus, are there mm-hmm. certain people who come to mind or is there one person that comes to mind or how do you think about that? Uh, there are a couple. There are at least four people that will, will be the big names. You'll have... Um, the first really famous one is will be Francisco Scarina. Okay. And uh, he was uh, the first person to write in Belarusian and, and he printed the books in Belarusian. So that was okay. really the start, I will say, from Belarusian culture and to be... I think the Belarusian culture kind of existed before, but he was the first person to write it down and to put it on paper. Mm. And I think that's, in a lot of countries, it's the start of the culture. You know, that's, that's really the starting point. Uh, and you will say that that had like three layers of history. So he will start for his Karina and you will find stages in Belarus of him. You'll uh-huh. find his name and you'll find like streets named after him. Okay. Yeah. And then, then we'll have one guy who we share <laughs> with Poland, Lithuania, and a bit United States actually. Um, now I'm going to just pro- check how to really pronounce his name, but it's Tadeusz Kostuszka. And Kostiuszka was um, a revolutionary who sided with uh, Jefferson uh, at your revolution in the States. He, uh-huh. he was from him. Okay. 
And uh, he was like a very high uh, skilled military man from Poland who came and helped Jefferson and helped Revolutionary War in the United States at the time. Oh, okay. And after the war, he came back to Poland to find Poland being taken um, by Russian, Russian Empire. So he, 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 he kind of started like, well, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. And he started the uprising against the Russian Empire, oh, okay. which kind of found a place in Belarus and Lithuania. So uh, he was kind of seen as this guy. He was the first revolutionary against the Russian Empire. You know, the Russian Empire was huge it's like, you know, at the time. There, there is like small Poland trying to beat, beat up the big, big Russian <laughs> Empire. Uh, so Kostushka is, I think, it will have stages of him in Belarus, and he is quite regarded as this revolutionary person. But yeah. Poland, Poland is also there. They also, it's our guy. <laughs> Lithuania is also <laughs> thinking it's our guy. So I think there's a could be discussion if you ever do about Poland and Lithuania, he will probably come up as well. Oh, yeah. Well, Belarus is in the Bs and Lithuania and Poland. I'm going in alphabetical order. So you've got first shot. Yeah. Lithuania and Poland are like five yeah, years yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, well, we, we kind of claim him, but we're not. not uh, I think Poland said he's the most famous Pole. I think they had like the Poland even of this guy. And there's like mountains named after him. There's uh, things. So Kostushka is a big guy. Um, and then after Kostushka, so that was uh, 18th century, uh, and then you'll have you'll go to 19th century, where uh, 1860s, you have another writer, Kalinowski. Uh, so and Kalinowski will be Konstantin Kalinowski is a writer. Uh, he wrote in Belarusian, and he th there was another another uprising in Poland, uh, Poland, Lithuania, and Belarus. So in the history of Belarus. We were a kingdom with Poland and Lithuania and Belarus. So that was a kingdom and that was a, uh, unity. So then we always kind of have the similar history until early 20th century. So we, we kind of share a lot of people uh, who are heroes. You know, um, yeah, and Kalinowski will be this uh, another writer who actually went against Russian Empire as well. And uh, it was this uprising in the, yeah, in the six, in 1860s. And he was always saying, like, Belarus should be independent. If this uprising succeeds, Belarus should be independent, Lithuania should be independent, and Poland should be independent. So that was, like, very radical thought at the time. Uh, you know, independence, what? No, we want to be a big kingdom. Well, uh, that uprising didn't work either. <laughs> Russian Empire crushed it and then sent people to Siberia. Uh, before the Gulags, uh, the, 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 I think there's a famous painting of people walking to Siberia. And it, it's uh you know like imagine walking from Poland to Siberia it's like uh, you know uh, days and days. Yeah, and days. yeah, I think it's probably a couple months, maybe more than a couple months. That's super yeah. far. Uh, so that's and then you uh, so another writers will be uh, Jakub Kolos and Janko Kupala. Uh, and I've heard his name a few and times Kolos. in my interviews. Yeah, Jakub Kolos and Janko Kupala is like um, so they were uh, after Kalinowski. Kalinowski was before, and after the, after him were these two. And uh, Maxim Bogdanovich, so the, the three guys who will go around um, uh, the First World War. So they were like, they were writing in Belarusian, they were kind of Belarusian partisans going against the Russian Empire, saying, want to be our own language, we want to have our own alphabet, we want to have our own things. Uh, so uh, I think those five names you will go by most in, in Belarus. So it will be Skarina, um, Kastushka. Kalinowski, Jan Kupala, and Jakub Kolos. 
And Maxim Bogdanovich will be not far. Uh, I will say Bogdanovich will be also quite a name that you can people recognize. But like, yes, yeah, it's a writer or no? <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. So out of those five, do you have a favorite that's kind of your favorite person there? Not necessarily that you think is the most important, but just your favorite character. Yeah. I think I'll go into uh, the, like the first one and let's say the last one, Skarina. Okay. Uh-huh. So he, he was born in 15th century. So, you know, like uh, between him and Kostyushka, there were like 200 years, 300 years difference in time so in that time there was nothing going on and i will say so he was uh, Kurina is quite important he wrote in belarusian he printed books he he was this educated uh, person and he, he can actually prove that he's belarusian because he was born in, in what is belarus then and now so there is no uh, discussion like with kostushka who is our guy yeah I see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he was lived in Belarus, then he moved to Vilnius, and he moved back to Belarus, and he, he is a big guy. And we have a, if you look up in Minsk, we have a huge statue of him, even. Fritz Korina is oh, okay. this guy uh-huh. with a Bible. He printed Bibles in the beginning, printed Bible in Belarusian, it's like the first thing he did. So he will be like a big guy. Then Jakub Kolos. Jakub Kolos and Kupala both were Soviet writers. Jakub Kolos will be a guy that people just recognize the name. That is a name that you just and, uh, know. Uh, how do you spell that? Jakub Kolos. Jakub Kolos. Okay, Kolos. gotcha. His writings include love to the language of Belarusian language. So he was always trying to preserve the language. Uh, just being like uh, showing, you know, how, how poetic the, the language sounds, how, how nice the language sounds. And he just kind of... So he declared love to Lange, uh, which is a quite beautiful, I think. So I think those two will be like my my idea of like the most famous two names. Good, good. And so if, if you were to, you know, think about your, your experiences with people from your own country and, and whenever you live there, do you think there's one mm-hmm. of these that kind of stands above the others in most people's understanding? Or do you think it's one of the two that you mentioned? Or do you think it's different than the ones you mentioned? Well, I think uh, the older generation will probably know Bogdanovich and they will know Kalinovsky and they will know about uh, the history there. Mm -hmm. uh, Because uh, the Soviet Union education will be just kind of shown down to them. Oh, yeah. Uh Well, I think my generation will be more like Yakub Kolos and Kupala because we, we were learning Belarusian in school. Gotcha. And uh, you will do Belarusian literature classes uh-huh. and where you're going to study Yakub Kolos and Kupala more intensively than, than Bogdanovich more intensely. And you learn a bit about uh, Francis Karina because when you go to capital, you see his uh, uh, yeah. stage and you're like, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's often shown. So it's I would say it's hard to say who exactly, but I think uh, the, the writers, the two writers, yeah. Kolos and Kupala, will be most gotcha. Gotcha. by it. And do you find that they kind of, it, the support for them kind of goes across the political lines, no matter which side you're on, or do you think it, that kind of depends on your politics? Well, I think it's also like you come, you come from a, a, a Belarus doesn't know an aisle, uh, so there will be never really a right or left. It will be just kind of like, because it's, there's socialism, so it's like one one line for uh-huh. everyone. Okay, but if, if but if you go from people, if you go from people ideas, uh-huh. yeah, people will kind of be like Yakub Kolos and Kupala. We all know them. We all know them. The writers will kind of 
respect them for what they did for the language. That makes sense. All right, great. So are there any particular stories that, you know, you might hear about them that are the more important things that they did that everybody kind of knows about them? Or is it mainly just that they use the language and they help spread the language and the culture? I think what you could call is he was, uh, what I know from the stories is that he was uh, writing all these partisan letters. He was uh, really pushing Belarusian language through uh, the idea, you know, he, he was really, really, he, he was writing this, uh, the, he, he started up this newspaper in Belarus for the first one in Belarusian language uh, during the Russian Empire and Russian Empire always did Russification. When, whenever they conquered something, they would be Russifying it, you know, uh-huh. the Russians is the Russian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your language, your culture, no. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here, here you will have a guy who's like, um, a bit educated. He comes from a it's okay family. Uh, he changed his name. Yakubkos is not his actual name. Okay. It's like a pseudonym. It's like the same with Joseph Stalin. It's, uh-huh. it's not his name. It's a yes. name. But this guy was uh, doing uh, partisan letters and partisan newspaper. And when the uh, partition happened after World War One, when Germany said, okay, we'll just give them independence to Belarus, Lithuania, and all the Baltic states. Uh-huh. He was he was there to pick it up and me be promoting the culture and showing like the Belarusian language and the first time people start studying Belarusian language in schools. Gotcha. So I think that was a quite interesting time to be really going through you know, surviving the world World War One, which was quite epic in Belarus in okay. uh, the battles. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he survived that and then you know he start um, promoting language. Then the communists came and they, they kind of said, okay, you can have your own language, but not really, but okay, maybe. <laughs> we don't know yet. We'll figure out. <laughs> you know, uh, so it was interesting times, I think. Mm. In basically in 10 years, he went from being in the Russian Empire to be on country to be again a part of something true out of World War. Uh, yeah. You know, in all time of 10 years, you, at a time, it feels like a lot of events just happened there. Gotcha. So, I mean, he, he's a pretty recent person then. Yeah. So and he, so there wouldn't be necessarily, you know, some. So, for instance, I, I, have, you, have you heard of Skanderbeg in Albania? Mm. So, Skanderbeg is this, like epic figure in Albanian history. He he fought against the Ottomans way back in forever ago, and yeah. uh, he he somehow like managed to hold the Ottomans away from Albania for like twenty five years. This huge empire and this little country. Yeah. Um, and so he's taken on this really epic, like legendary status in Albania, where yeah. there are these stories about him, like you know he could fly and like he could swipe his sword and kill like 20 people. You know, there's all these stories yeah. that you tell to your kids and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I mean, it, with people that are newer to the scene, only a couple hundred years ago, they don't usually have those kind of epic stories yet. And especially as a, as a writer, probably it's a little different. Um, but are, are there things that people tell their children about these figures that, you know, they're like, oh, well, he did this and you should be like him or something like that? Or does that not really enter in the equation usually? No, it doesn't really. It doesn't really go into question. Question. I think um, the folklore was quite easy. It was, you know, about the witches in the area. It was okay. Uh, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't. It will never really involved um, things like uh, flying or being like beating the evil Russian Empire or beating an evil Polish Empire or uh-huh. like, whichever, whichever you will fight. So I yeah. Think so most of the folklore is kind of separated from the nation. 
Yeah, I think maybe with Kastushka you will have some stories, but I will I believe that will be more Poland thing than than Belarus. Gotcha. gotcha. You know, he, he's a he's a you know he was a guy who fought in the revolutions in states and Europe and like uh, been gotcha. a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. All right. So you talked about how they made a pretty big contribution to the culture because he kept pushing the language and kind yeah. of pushing for this identity of what it means to be from Belarus. So are there any other things that he did that stand out or is that, I know that's the most important, but are there other things secondarily that he did? You know, um, the right, Jakub Kolas or, uh, any, or anyone. Yeah. Whichever one you want to, whichever yeah. one you want to talk about. It's okay with me. I think, I think with Skarina, he was promoting the uh, Belarusian in, um, Actually, Belarusianism. So he was, I think, the first one to really be like, guys, uh, have some love for the language around you, because I think that was at the time not very necessary. You know, you just get you have, you have Polish language, you have the Polish culture, you have the Russian culture, and you will not have that at the time really. What does it mean to be Belarusian? Mm, yes. Yeah. So even besides him printing books and being like this, uh, this big, big book person. Uh, it's quite important on on a side what he was doing. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so when you think about these founders that you said were kind of your favorites, what what kind of feelings do you have about them? Do you feel, you know, like you can kind of relate to them, or do you feel like they're far away, or how do you feel about them whenever you think about them? I think, uh, especially these days when there are so many things going Belarus, uh -huh. it's, it's good to see that you know. Throughout history, people uh, they try to do their best to give Belarus what it should be, to give to give its heritage, to give its love for the for the life. Yes. Uh, um, they, they basically gave their lives. You know, like Kremlovsky gave his life, Kostyushka uh, mm. uh, gave his life. Uh, a few writers were very oppressed, mm. uh, and were still still doing their things to promote Belarusian heritage. Yes. And right now, with with the protest in Belarus, and uh, and uh, the first real question, what does it mean to be Belarusian, comes up. Mm. You you kind of think of those people, and you be like, okay, you know, they they stood for for that. Mm. Uh, yes. You know, they, uh, we have the ornaments, uh, people shootings because people didn't were not literate, so they they will shootings, uh -huh. and by by color and by emblem, you will show where you're from, from which uh, area. I see. Okay. You will see like white and red, and that will be the Belarusian emblem. So you will have different colors. Like Ukraine will have yellow and blue, uh -huh. kind of, and then you kind of see okay, you Ukrainian or you Belarusian based on this ornament. Interesting. Okay, I didn't and, know about that. And I'll send you an article so you can read about the ornaments. It's yeah. And because people were not educated, that was their way of communicating. You know, they will just kind of mm. make tapestries, tapestries, really big tapestries, showing uh -huh. culture. And uh, I think these people were promote, always promoting that, even in a hidden way. You know, it will be tapestry. You don't know what it means, but the Russian people will know. Be like, oh, okay, that that kind of means that. I see. Uh, and right now, there's you know big big protest and pro government and anti government. Yes. And pro government is like this other flag, this other colors. Mm. But it's clearly that they don't understand the history because if they understood the history or rather, you know, you, you will know the color of the Belarusian people is white and red. Mm. I see. And white and not the green, red and 
some other color right this right now. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I think I think if they understood history, there will be more advanced claim to this is what it means to build build Russian, and it's a it's such a new nation that doesn't really had a, much culture, but now it understands more culture. It believes in being independent that it kind of means something. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Do you think their their characteristics and their personality have kind of become a big topic of like the the story around them? So for instance, with George Washington, you know, there's a story about, it's not true probably, but he chopped down a cherry tree. But then because he was so honest, he told his parents he did it. And he, even though he knew he was going to get punished, he still told his parents he did it. And so there's just like trying to, you know, push this characteristic of George Washington on our country of different things. So are, are there these characteristics of these people that kind of become virtues in your country now or? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that um, to go back to Jakob Kowalski and Kupala, they, they were kind of like partisans. Uh-huh. So they were in the, in the enemy ground and they were doing their thing. Mm. And then that kind of became a virtue of Belarusian people just to be like, always fighting the, the, the oppression gotcha. and to be like, uh, we'll do a small thing here, but it has a big effect. So we'll have like, uh, you know, like, uh, like he could call it, he wrote, he made this newspaper. It's a small thing at a time, but it, eventually it was small, small partisan things and it kind of grew in that thing. And then during world war two, partisans became very well known in Belarus, where they were just hiding in the forest and the swamps and they were destroying the German Mm. Uh, cars or like uh, German vehicles uh, to stop the, their movements. Yes, and I think it's this like this small virtue of partisan, like being like under oppression yet doing something. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I think that that that, that kind of came over. That is our, I will say, something that we know. That's good. Anything else you can think of along these lines for these guys that you'd like to talk about, or stories, or you know how, how they've affected your culture i think i think it's, uh, you know um as a country we never really had enough time to really process them and to really show uh, the the love uh, to to them hmm. because uh-huh. we have dictator who kind of just said that you know we're soviets and he he didn't he doesn't really get into the history and he never really got into history and then he was just kind of promoting russian russian side i see i see yeah. but now I think with uh, the opposition being in opposition and learning about your things, a lot of people start to understand. Okay, we have history. We have these important people, mm. and we have to show you know their uh, the love to them. Be either via culture, mm. uh, promoting the works of the writers that I said, you know Bogdanovich, Nikolas, Jan Kowala, Karatkevich. There's like uh, there's a couple of writers that everybody can should know, and um, Bogdanovich one it was. Um, very famous. There was um, during during the Stalin oppression uh, years. There was uh, in the year thirty eight, thirty nine, and they gathered uh, the Belarusian elite in, in, in intelligence, and uh-huh. they and it was consistent mo- mostly writers, because they were the one promoting the Belarusian language. Yes. they were all shot by Stalin. Oh, so, this, so it was you know like the night of the dead poets that we know this now we know. Uh, yeah, so it, it, I think I think I think it's just like to look now we understand what happened and now we're kind of being more like oh oh this happened oh this happened oh this happened and you'd be like oh then we kind of should promote more of his works because he was a writer yeah. that that got killed uh, Bogdanovich for example or 
and you try to honor them in a way. So I think it's more, it's like re- rebirth of the culture and more appreciation for what they did at the time. Mm. It's gotcha. we're going through, uh, Belarusian people going through oppression right now, through the tyrannical leader. Mm. Uh, it, it's difficult to, to think about what it was like to, to be under under that uh, that Iron Curtain and to be dealing with all the Stalin stuff. It just sounds crazy. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's quite crazy. And then you had the World War II and then during World War II, uh, you had you had Stalin killing Belarusians, and you had the Germans killing Belarusians. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, crazy. You, know, you will be like, who do you trust? And you cannot trust anyone. You'll be like, maybe I should go on the German side just in case, and I run away. Uh-huh. Um, um, before World War Two, um, one in every four is a Jew in Belarus, uh, and oh, wow. have quite a big Jewish population. Yeah, and. Uh, where twenty five percent, thirty percent of people died in Belarus. Wow! There, there was like uh, you know annihilation of everything with Belarus, like all the castles by the by the Stalin regime because they were just burning everything so the Germans couldn't get anything, uh-huh. or the yeah. Germans just flattening flattening the whole Belarus like into nothingness, wow. and then yeah. putting concentration camps, sending people to concentration camps. Uh, whoever survived, you know, they, they 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 survived by like by very little means. Uh, yeah. So to you know, uh, I think Belarusian culture has 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 its shocks and uh, ups and downs, and that was the, the lowest down. Just to mm. yeah, to uh, be in between those two terrible places. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, like uh, I, I think that 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 phase, and before that, all the writers dead and Belarusian uh, country destroyed. No, 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 no real place to look at. Mm. To see the the culture. You know, you, you just have now the books to go by, which were preserved. Mm. Yeah, that's good at least. Well, so is there anything else that you'd like to uh, say that you'd like people to know about Belarus, or you know, any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Uh, yeah, right now Belarus is going through through uh, political uh, issues. There is a website I think I'll share it with you, so you can put it on the video, sure. where people can follow uh, news in English what is happening in Belarus. Okay, uh-huh. and it's all going to be there. Uh, you can uh, read about it. Uh, I don't need to say extra things. Yeah, it's quite gotcha. tyrannical what this government is doing. Mm-hmm. And if you just share the website, uh, that will be great, so people can have a more an idea of uh, how tyrannical uh, the president got. Let's yeah, say no that last week. Last week, he jailed uh, a Holocaust survivor uh, for, you know, she, because she went um, protesting against him. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not going to make you real, real good friends. No, you know, <laughs> like this person survived Hitler, and she will survive you. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Uh, but right, yeah, yeah, I think if uh, people can just go on this video and be more aware of what's happening in Belarus, that will be already quite a good shout to that. Mm. Good, good. Yeah, I'll definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely be happy to share whatever you, whatever yeah. you like. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming today. Uh, well, if there's anything I can do for you, I don't know what I can do here from Florida. If you want to take a vacation, <laughs> come to Florida, and I'll uh, I'll show you around the beaches. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. All right, man. See you next time. All right. This interview has been a part of the conversation series on the Founders of Nations podcast a podcast where we seek to learn about the nations of the world by studying the lives of their founders. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, TikTok, wherever you like 
or you can go to our website, www.langforlife.com slash founders. <laughs>